Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. So how'd your week go? Did you have a good week? Good, good. I'm glad. It's good to see you guys here today. It's October. Can you believe it? That's crazy, isn't it? It's October. So um, last week I challenged you and just asked God to speak to all of us about someone he would lay on our hearts and who he'd want us to reach out to and pray to and to minister to. And so my question for you is, uh, did you do it? How'd it go? Did you step out? Did you reach out to that person? Because, and here's why I ask. I ask because uh, I don't want us to just show up on a Sunday and listen to a message and not live it out. I pray that you and I would receive from God and then we would go and live this thing out. Like that's the goal. Did you know that? The goal is that this would ignite faith and encourage us to go and live out how God is calling us to live. And that as God speaks to us, we would walk in obedience to that. And so did you step out in faith this week? Did you pray bold prayers of faith? Good, I, I hope so. Um, because I believe that, uh, that Jesus wants to stir up greater faith in us. And I, I believe he's calling you and I to, uh, to uh, walk in greater faith. In last week's message, I heard a lot of people, like more than normal, like, like that really spoke to me. Like I needed last week. And, and I pray that today becomes another one of those, like, okay, I needed that because I just believe that God's stirring up greater faith in our lives here in our community, and he's stirring up greater faith in, in who Jesus is. And I think that the results of this are gonna be profound in our life, gonna be profound in our family, and you're gonna begin to see things that you've longed to see God do in the coming weeks and days ahead as you grow in your faith. How many of you want that? How many want to see more of that, right? Okay, so here's what it takes. You and I just live in this bold faith and stepping out in moments where we might be a little bit scared and that's okay. Just do it scared. You step out in faith because of who Jesus is, not because of who you are, but because of who, who Jesus is. And so uh, today I want to talk about living in an atmosphere of faith. Having an atmosphere of faith uh, in your life. What's the atmosphere of your life? How would you describe the atmosphere uh, uh, of your life? You have an atmosphere. Did you know that? Your life has an atmosphere. This room has an atmosphere. Let's define it so we know what we're talking about here. This is what atmosphere means. It's like a pervading or surrounding influence or a spirit. It's a general mood or an environment. So an atmosphere is kind of something you can feel. You can kind of sense, right? This pervading influence or mood or spirit, that's an atmosphere. So this room has an atmosphere. And you individually have an atmosphere. And 
People, as they encounter you, they can sense what that atmosphere is from you. So what do they sense from you? How do you make people feel? I think this is a good question for us to ask. How do I make people feel? Like when people come in and have an encounter with me, do they feel encouraged? Do they feel like their faith is ignited? Do they feel like they have more hope? Do they feel cared about and loved, loved about? Or do they feel discouraged? Did I just drain that person? It's, it's important for us to be self-aware enough and to wrestle with this. Like, how do people feel when they interact with me? Because you have an atmosphere in your life. And my prayer is that you and I would have an atmosphere of faith. Now, life can get hard sometimes. You notice? It can get hard. It can get discouraging. We can have bad days, bad weeks, and sometimes those can go on even longer, right? And I want to just shape this message with this foundational truth because it's important as you and I move forward in talking about faith and having an atmosphere of faith and believing Jesus to do greater things, it's important that we don't allow our experiences in life to determine how we approach life. It's important that our experiences don't shape our mindset or our theology. So here's what I want to encourage you. We got to allow the word of God to shape our theology, not our experiences. We got to allow the word of God to shape our mindset, not life's experiences, because life will hit us hard. And it's amazing how sometimes we can intellectually come to this place where we think genuinely about pain and suffering and, and hardships and trials and all this kind of stuff. Like generally, we can come to this place where like, I believe God is still good even in the midst of pain and suffering. Until I go through pain and suffering myself. Until I see a tragedy and all of a sudden, what happens is I begin to question the existence of God or is God really good? And based upon my experiences, my theology begins to change, but my theology cannot be based on my experiences. My theology has to be based upon who God is and what his word says. This is so important, so foundational. Maybe you've prayed prayers of faith before and you've believed for miracles and it hasn't happened. Does that mean you should stop based upon your experiences? Well, Jesus says, like, you have not because you ask not. Ask, seek, knock. There's so much in Jesus, in his teachings and in, in, in the word of God that just tells us to pray prayers of faith. Be bold. Live a, a life of faith. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight, okay? So I don't live by my experiences, my circumstances, what I see. I live by faith. And it's faith, not in myself. It's a faith in who he is. And so we got to allow the word of God to shape our theology, not our experiences. You hearing me? So as you and I live life and we grow uh, in, in our faith, we're literally creating an atmosphere in our life. And I hope that it is an atmosphere uh, of faith. Because as people come in contact with you, they, they feel what you bring. So when you walked into the room today, your individual atmosphere impacted the corporate atmosphere of this room. So how did you walk in today? How are you feeling? Are you feeling encouraged? Have you been uh, walking in victory with the Lord, staying close to the Lord, abiding in Him, and just, and just living a life that honors the Lord this week? Or have you been walking in discouragement, in defeat? That atmosphere that I bring into this room impacts the room. Now, let me just say this. No matter how your week has gone, it's good to be here, right? No judgment, okay, no perfect people allowed in this place. Okay, by the grace of God, there go us all. Okay, so I'm not saying this to put like, 
to put you down because if, especially if you had a bad week, you need to be in this place right here. It's like you come into this place and the atmosphere encourages us, right? It's good for us to get together with the people of God because it lifts our faith. And isn't it amazing? You show up and, and you begin to worship, you begin to look to God and all of a sudden life begins to feel better. Have you noticed that? Nothing in your circumstances has changed. You just feel better because you have a better perspective on life and you're putting God in his proper place in your life. Maybe you've been worrying about all these things and you've, you've worried about all these things above worshiping God. And so you put God in his proper perspective and you get realigned with him and all of a sudden it feels better because that's how you and I are called to live. By the way, I appreciate Arthur and Allie leading us today in worship. It's fun to have them step in, just fun to have friends and relationships like them uh, who can come in and lead us. And it's just kind of cool. This no drummer, intimate, different type of worship, but it doesn't matter. It's all about you and I worshiping God and giving him our hearts and honoring him, right? That's what it's all about. So thank you guys for coming in and leading us today. Really appreciate you guys being here. And just really appreciate that relationship that we have with you guys. Uh, so they help bring an atmosphere of faith for us. As you walked in, you begin to worship, you can feel that. It's important. So this room has an, an atmosphere. Your life individually has an atmosphere. Your home has an atmosphere. What's the atmosphere of your home? Is it one of faith, of life, of hope, or is it discouragement? Is it one of unbelief? Your home has an atmosphere. The atmosphere matters. I want to just... I want to encourage you to think about the atmosphere of your life. And so we're going to look at some stories in Mark chapter 5 and Mark chapter 6. We won't go in in depth in all these stories, but there's some really cool stories in Mark 5 and 6. So as we talk about living in an atmosphere of faith, uh, we'll go there. So feel free, if you have your Bible, or if you don't, there's one on your phone, and you can get, go to that one. And Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to be. But just kind of highlight a couple of the stories. In Mark 5, Jesus, he casts out this demon-possessed man, and this man has not just one or a couple of demons. He's got a legion of demons. And so Jesus casts these demons out, and they go into a bunch of pigs. Maybe you've heard this story before. So he casts them out, sends them into pigs, and the pigs just go and run off a cliff, which is like, that was kind of weird and interesting part of the story, right? It's the first time ever in recorded history of deviled ham right there in that moment. And then after that, Jesus is walking through town and this guy named Jairus, leader of the Jewish synagogue of the town, Jairus's daughter is dying and he runs to Jesus and he says, Jesus, can you come and heal my daughter? And so Jesus is on his way to Jairus's home. And while he's on his way, there's a crowd of people all around him because people want to see Jesus, want to hear him. And this lady who's suffered with this issue of blood for like 14 years, sees this as her moment. She pushes through the crowd and her mindset is, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus's garment, I know, I believe I can be healed. And I love that story because it just shows desperation. There's a desperation in this, la in this lady. This, this year we did a couple of sermon series, one in January and February, and then one in uh, May and June called A Jesus Movement. So if you've been around for a while, you, you remember those, you heard those, a, a Jesus Movement. And this is what we long for. We want to see a Jesus Movement. We want to be a Jesus church. We want to be Jesus 
people. And just like we read in our vision, we want to see, we just want to see the movement that Jesus started continue to take place. We long to see a Jesus movement. So we talked about that, talked about past revivals. I love reading about past revivals. And I love reading and hearing about what God is doing now, today in the world. God is on the move all over the world. And we just want to be a part of it. And here's what, here's what you learn as you look at all these stories. In fact, did you know the fastest growing church in the world continues to be the underground Iranian church? Continues to be the fastest growing church in the world. You would never hear about it from the Iranian government because they want to hide that. They, they, you know, they want to suppress all that's going on, but there's a lot of political upheaval going on. I think some of it stems from these Christians that are like, we've been suppressed for so long. And so you won't hear about it publicly, but there is an underground movement of Christians in Iran. It is the fastest growing church in the world. They have no buildings. They have no money. They have no centralized leadership. And it's predominantly led by women. And God's on the move in Iran. And there's a love, you know, there's this documentary, The Sheep Among Wolves, volume two, that talks about the underground Iranian church. Man, it just will move you. It's powerful, it's profound, it's awesome. And it still continues to take place. And you hear about all these things going around in the world and my mind sometimes goes to this place. Like, God, I wanna see more of that here. Like, I don't wanna just read about it. Like, I don't wanna see it here in Phoenix. You ever think that? God, I wanna see you move here. God, I'm desperate for you to move right here. And here's what I've learned is that God shows up where he's wanted. God shows up where he is wanted. That lady wanted just to touch the hem of Jesus's robe there, and she believed that Jesus would and could heal her. And because of that belief, because of this desire and this desperation, God showed up in her life. God shows up where he is wanted. And I pray that we'd be just a group of people that say, God, we want you here. We wanna see you move here in our church, in our life, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my city. This is why we're doing a 9 a.m. prayer service, by the way. Like we got two services now, a 9 a.m. prayer time, and then this 1045 service. But our 9 a.m. time, you just never know what's gonna happen. We set the spirit lead. We pray, and we were praying for healings this morning. We took communion together this morning. It's just, I love that first service. If you only wanna go to that first service, that 9 a.m. prayer service, feel free. You can come to that, and you can go home. And I say that because there's some football fans that say, I like that idea. <laughs> That's a great option right there. When are you gonna have the 9 a.m. service again, Tyrone? Because I wanna go to church and then watch my football on Sunday. Well, we got it now, okay? It's just a prayer service, prayer and worship. That's what we're doing. Feel free to join us. You can come to just that one and go home. Or you can come to both of them. Some of us are here where this is our second service of the day. And it's awesome. What a great way to spend a Sunday. But we value this 9 a.m. prayer service so much so that we're gonna continue to do it because we just wanna be a church that says, God, we want you. God, we need you. We wanna see you move in this place. And remember, God shows up where he's wanted. So I just, my prayer for us is that we would be a part of increasing the spiritual hunger in our city and increasing the spiritual hunger for God in our country. Like our country and our city desperately needs God. Wouldn't you agree? And so what are we gonna do about it? Well, we're gonna show up at 9 a.m. We're just gonna pray, God, would you move? God, would you do some great things here 
And we just want to see it start with us. We're going to hit our knees. We're going to cry out to God. God shows up where he's wanted. God will show up in your home if you want him to, if you ask him to. God will show up in your workplace if you want him to, if you ask him to, because I believe this with all my heart. God shows up where he's wanted. So this lady believed that Jesus could heal her. And so she pushes through the crowd and she touches Jesus. And Jesus, this is kind of interesting, he feels power go out from him. So he's like, who touched me? And there's all these people all around. And the lady comes forward and admits it was her. And then Jesus says something interesting. Mark 5, verse 34. And he said to her, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So what we see here is Jesus telling her that because she had the faith to believe for this, this is what happened. Just like last week, Jesus looked up and saw the faith of those guys. If you're here last week or you you listened to it or watched it online, he saw the faith of them and Jesus responded according to their faith. Not Jesus's faith, their faith. And again, Jesus says the same thing. Your faith has healed you. Not Jesus's faith, it was their faith. There's a direct connection between the faith that we have and how Jesus responds. So it's important that you and I have this faith, not just in faith, not just in the power of your amazing prayers and your eloquent words, but faith in Jesus and who he is. And then the story continues there in Mark 5. Let's keep reading here. Verse 35, while he was still speaking to her, Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. And Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? This child is, the child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around the room. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Do you believe that Jesus can still do this, these things today? I pray that our, our belief and our faith in that would increase. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still has the power to heal, to restore, to save people, to change us from the inside out. Like salvation is the greatest miracle like we talked about last week. He still has the power to raise the dead. Physically, not just spiritually, physically. We still, we hear stories about it all the time. I shared one last fall that God still raises the dead. That's just crazy to think about, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? You know, this series is called Miracles Happen Here. And the hope is that you and I would have this mindset where we, we think that miracles happen here. And not just here in this room, but miracles happen here. Like wherever I go, that's the here. 
So when you go home today, you say, miracles happen here. So we talked about that last week, right? And I threw out that whole phrase, wherever I go, there I am, right? You know, and so our friend Adam thought that was so funny, he gave me a shirt. And so that's the shirt I got based upon that statement. Wherever I go, there I am. And here's the good news. And wherever I am, miracles happen here. I pray this is the mindset that you and I have. Miracles can happen here because I'm here, because Jesus is in me and with me. So miracles happen here. Jesus still performs miracles. He's still in the healing business. Did you know that? That business didn't close. It's still open. He still heals. He still performs the miraculous. That's why it's good for us to step out in faith and ask, seek, and knock for these things. And so Jesus heals this 12-year-old girl here. Now, did you notice what Jesus did when he showed up at the house? He said some words. He's like, hey, she's not asleep, or she's not dead. She's asleep. And everybody laughed at him. And so he's like, all right, I've had enough of you guys. Everybody leave. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. Kicks everybody out of the house. Now, actually, before that, he told the whole crowd, you guys stay right here. You can't come with me. And he only took Peter, James, and John with him to the house. Did you notice that? Left the whole crowd. Peter, James, and John, just you guys. Shows up the house, crowd of people. They laugh at him. Everybody out. Get out. Get out. Okay, Peter, James, and John, and mom and dad. You guys come on in, and we're going to heal this girl. What's Jesus doing there? He is creating an atmosphere of faith. Let me just kick out all the unbelieving people here. I, don't, you, I want you have no part of what's about ready to take place here. You laugh, you mock, you don't believe. So everybody out, because I need an atmosphere of faith for the, mur- the miracle that's about ready to take place. So Peter, James, and John, go ahead. Come on with me. Mom and dad, I know you want your girl healed and, and raised up, so you come on in with me too. And he creates this atmosphere of faith. You see, Jesus is very intentional at what he does. And you read details like that, I think it's important for us to ask, why? Why would he do this? Because he wanted unbelief out. He wanted people with faith to be there with him in that moment. Jesus created an atmosphere of faith. Okay, so let's keep going on here. Going to the next chapter, verse one, chapter six, Gospel of Mark. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed and they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Poor Simon, he didn't get a J name. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their, at their what? Unbelief. Hmm. This is fascinating. So Jesus goes back to his hometown. And it says that Jesus could not do miracles. Did you see that? It didn't say that he would not. It said that he could not. Like, this is Jesus we're talking about, guys. Like, this is the God-man. Jesus, second person of the triune Godhead, 
could not perform miracles. And why is that? Because of their unbelief. Interesting. See, they had this unbelief, and this unbelief really stemmed from this place where they could not give honor to the one who deserved more honor than anyone else in their life. They could not give honor to Jesus. There's really a lack of honor. See, a lack of honor for God will cause a lack of belief in God. You notice that? You notice how you stop giving God honor in your life? We're called to honor God, to worship him in every area of our life. Like we honor him, we worship him, we, we honor the uh, Bible talks about you serve the poor, that honors God. You honor God, Proverbs 3, 9, with your wealth, with your finances. We honor God by giving to him, tithing, going above and beyond all of that. That honors God. You know, there, there's, we're just called to live a life that honors God. And if you don't honor God, you're going to end up with a lack of belief. It will affect the faith that you have in God because you're not living a life that honors God. Him. You want to strengthen your faith? You want to grow your faith? Honor the Lord in every area of your life. I mean, think about it. It makes sense. If you and I live a life that doesn't honor God, it makes sense that our faith in Him is going to be weakened, right? Like, if I live in such a way, like, I intellectually believe in God, but I don't live, it's like, they call that like a Christian atheist, right? I'm basically just, in, uh, I'm living life like an atheist, though I believe in him. So here's what we learn. Honoring God creates an atmosphere of faith. I want to encourage you to live a life that honors God in every area of your life, because that's what creates and builds an atmosphere of faith. You know, when I think about honor, you think about in the, like in the old days, especially in, in these times, when they would honor royalty, honor the king, what they would do is they would bow, right? And so this is a position where I would give honor to somebody. I would kneel, I would bow before them. And I pray that this, this posture would be the posture of our heart towards the Lord. That God, I just humble myself before you. I live for you, Lord. I recognize I need you. My life is all about you. And so I humble myself before you, Lord, and I give you all the honor of my life. I pray this would be the posture of our hearts. You know, Jesus said something interesting. He said, these people, speaking of all the religious people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So we don't want to just honor him with lips and actions, but also with our heart. That's why I love getting in this position right here in prayer and worship. I do this all the time because it helps me. Sometimes it's a, I got to help my, my heart get into the right place. So physically, I'm going to get into this position so my heart gets into a position of humility. Sometimes it's just because this is how I feel, God. God, I just, I'm so humble at who you are and just, just want to give you honor. And so I just, my heart's already there. So I go to my knees. But either way, it's a physical posture that helps me spiritually and helps my heart be in the right place. Today, as we take some time to pray at the end, maybe you want to get into this posture. It's a posture of honor. That's what it is. It's humility on my part, but it's giving honor to God. Honor is what helps you and I create an atmosphere of faith. And that's what I want to encourage you to grow in an atmosphere of faith. So here we have Jesus. He's teaching in his hometown synagogue. 
That's like his, his local church that he grew up in. And basically claims to be the Messiah, and he's doing all these healings and all this, and they get offended at Jesus. Did you see that? They were offended by him. They took offense to what Jesus said. Like, who does he think he is? Messiah? Like, come on. We know his brothers. It lists all of his brothers there, and his sisters still live in town. Like, I grew up playing soccer with Jesus. Like, no way. You're not the Messiah. Our kitchen table was made by Jesus. I know who this guy is. He's not the Messiah. And they were offended at him. And they could not honor Jesus for who he is. It led to an unbelief, and therefore Jesus could not would not, could not do any miracles there. So unbelief will hinder the miraculous in your life, friends. Unbelief hinders you and I seeing the miraculous in our life. It hindered everybody in Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, from seeing the miraculous. And it'll do the same for you and me. Okay, so we've gone through some several stories here in Mark 5 and Mark 6. Jesus cast all these demons out of out of this guy when they wanted the pigs, right? And then this lady with the issue of blood touched Jesus, the hem of his garment. She was healed. He went to Jairus' house and healed Jairus' daughter. Okay, then he goes to his hometown. Oh, he could, he could only do a few miracles, it says. Uh, but he could not really perform miracles. And now let's go to the end of chapter six and let's look at how the end of this chapter ends. Verse 53, after they had crossed the lake, they landed in Gennesaret. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. A little bit different story than what took place in Nazareth, wouldn't you say? There's a big difference between Nazareth and Gennesaret. Nazareth, they struggled with belief in who Jesus was. Gennesaret, man, they are all out believing. Jesus is the answer to every need we have in this whole area. They're bringing people to Jesus, and everybody gets healed. So you can see here, the Bible draws a distinct difference between an atmosphere of faith in an atmosphere of unbelief. There's an atmosphere of faith in Gennesaret. There's an atmosphere of unbelief in Nazareth. And, and because of the atmosphere that was there, it determined what Jesus could do. And then again, you take into consideration, who did Jesus allow into Jairus's home? See, there is a difference between an atmosphere of faith and an atmosphere of unbelief. And I wanna encourage you to grow in developing an atmosphere of faith in your life. You have an atmosphere. Is it one of faith? I hope so. And let's talk just for a few moments here on how do we live in an atmosphere of faith? What does this mean? As we talk about having an atmosphere of faith, how do I live in this place? And here's what I'd say. An atmosphere of faith is really about location and relationship. It's really what it is. And I'll explain what that means. But it's about location and relationship. And so to understand this, let's go all the way back to Genesis 3, and let's look at Adam and Eve in the garden. So God creates Adam and Eve, created everything. Adam and Eve, they got it good. 
Like they're living life the way it was intended to live. They're naked. They're no clothes. Like life is good for them. Can you imagine that? And then it wasn't because they rebelled. Sin enters the world. Then it says, verse 7, Genesis chapter 3, at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? So what's interesting about that first question is in a sense, it's an atmospheric question because God knows what has happened, obviously. And this is what I love about God. Just like, you know, you read the stories of Jesus, you see the Lord is always intentional at what he does. He always has purpose. There's always a reason. And so God asks the question, where are you? There's a reason for that. It's not because he doesn't know. It's because he wants man to have an opportunity to find out the answer to something that they really need to know. And so he asks this question, where are you? He doesn't ask, hey, who are you, Adam? He doesn't ask, how are you doing? How's your day going, Adam? Good day, bad day? He doesn't ask, hey, what did you do? It's a question of location. Where are you? Because again, God knows the answer, but he's got to give them an opportunity to figure it out. Where are you? Where are you? This directly relates to the atmosphere in our life. Where are you in your life? Because where you are determines the atmosphere that you live in. The atmosphere that they had, that God had given them, was broken. They are no longer in connection and communion and intimacy with the Lord. And the first question God asks mankind is a location question. Where are you? Because it was broke. And he wanted man to understand that something's been broken here. We are not connected. There's not a communion. There's not intimacy anymore. It is broken because of what you have done. Where are you? because you're not with me anymore. Isn't it interesting, you know, we see this in Adam and Eve and we do this in our life, how when we mess up, when we make mistakes, we're feeling shame, what is the first response that we typically will have in our flesh? It's to run away from the very place we need to be in. It's to run away from the very one we need to stay connected to, it is God. So here they are running away from God, hiding from God, and so often, this is what we do. We mess up, we're not doing good, or we just wanna just flat out, I just wanna live for myself. And so we remove ourselves from God. It's a change of location, it's a change of atmosphere, is what it is. See, we see it way back in the beginning of, of mankind, and you and I still do it today. Here's what I'm thankful for. The second Adam, Jesus Christ, came back and he restored our ability to commune and have intimate relationship with the Lord. You and I actually have the ability to be connected and close 
and in relationship and in the presence of our Lord now because of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Okay, so you and I have the ability to live in proximity, in intimacy with the Lord, which changes the atmosphere of our life. If you want to live in an atmosphere of faith, you got to stay close to the Lord. And let me just say this. You and I were created for this reason. You were created to live in the presence of God. Did you know that? That's why you were created. It's about relationship. It's about, it's about his love for you and wanting relationship, but it's about you and I created to live close to him in his presence. And I'm telling you, when you are close to him, when Jesus is the center of your life, when your life is all about him, that will change the atmosphere of your life and other people will notice. And my prayer is that people will notice something's different about you. What's different? Like I feel different when I'm around you because there's an atmosphere of faith in your life because you're so close to Jesus. They don't know what it is, but they sense it. And I pray that your atmosphere would impact people and cause them to wonder what's different, what's going on. I want what you got. That's my prayer for you and I. You were created to live in the presence of God. I love what David said. David is someone who had the spirit, really experienced the presence of God. He said, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. You're walking around discouraged, beat up. Let me just tell you, get in the presence of God and live in that place. You're feeling full of worry. Come on, put on some worship music. Just begin to worship. Remember who God is. Give God honor in your life. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy, not fullness of worry, not a spirit of anxiety, not a spirit of fear. Those don't come from God. In his presence, there is joy. You want some more joy in your life? Just stay in his presence. And you will walk in and experience the joy of God. This is what we were meant to do. Paul talks about you and I walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit. And so in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Lord, I pray that you have more joy this week than ever before because you just live in his presence. This is you and I abiding in him, staying close to him, connected to him. And then he says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has good things for you and I. Do you believe that? He's got great things for you. And where are they at? Where are the pleasures, and the good things that God has for you? They're in his right hand. You want what he has for you, you gotta get close to him. If you wanted to grab this mic out of my right hand right now, you'd have to come and get close to me in order to get it, right? You want what's in his hand, you get close to the Lord, you stay close. In his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He's got so much for you and I. And as you and I stay close, then basically the atmosphere of our life is, is really not just an atmosphere of faith. It's an atmosphere of Jesus is what it is. And he's the one who gives me all the faith that I need. So here's how I want us to end. I want us to take some time and I want us to reflect on this. I'd love for you to close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. Let's reflect on this. And I ask this question, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? 
What are you speaking to me right now? And we're just gonna pause here, just time of reflection and listening to God. the next question. How would you like me to build and increase an atmosphere of faith in my life? Holy Spirit, how would you like me to do that? To build, build or increase an atmosphere of faith in my life? Just listen. invite you to stand to your feet. And I've got a couple more questions for reflection, but would you, let's all stand to our feet. Let's change posture here for a moment. And here's what I sensed. I, I, kind of this, this thought, this idea, I think from the Lord came to me as we were praying there. And that is, you think about creating an atmosphere of faith and how Jesus said, I just want these few people here to be in this room this miracle. Think about the circle of relationships you have in your life. Are they people that are encouraging you and building your faith, or are they discouraging you and pulling you down? Because I think that matters. Now, there's we're called to be salt and light. We're called to, I think, be the influencer. There's times where you and I need to go in, and we need to influence people and change the atmosphere. We talk about being a thermostat not a thermometer. They change the temperature of the room. That's what we're called to do. So we want to be people who can change the atmosphere. But think about, like, who do you run with in life? Are they encouraging you and strengthening your faith? How are they affecting that atmosphere? I think that's, that's something for us to really think through and wrestle with. Because you were created to live in the presence of God stay in that place and let's be real some people can hinder that can hurt that some people can discourage us and pull us down and weigh us down maybe you need to rethink who am I running with where am I going just an idea that came to mind God's speaking to all of us here would you close your eyes and here's a couple more questions for us who would you like me to reach out to this week Lord someone else you want me to reach out to, to, to encourage, to connect with, whatever that would mean.
here's the last question for us, last one, to kind of summarize all of this. Lord, what bold step of faith are you asking me to take this week? Maybe you already know, but to kind of bring it all to a close, God, what's that bold step of faith you are asking me to take this week? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.